Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much for your giving today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce to you our speaker for today. He's one of our own. He uh, is the counseling pastor here at Bethesda Church, and it truly is an honor to call him uh, one of the pastors here, but also call him friend. He helps so many different marriages and family issues and to, to walk through some certain things in their life. How many life can be tough? And he's just one of those guys that has unique wisdom and insight to help uh, families and couples walk through and navigate some difficult times in their life. And he does all of that with just an incredible attitude. So I want you, if you would, to stand with me and let's welcome one of our own, Pastor Everett Fraley, as he comes to share the word with us. Thank you so much. Please be seated. I appreciate that, that kind invitation from our, our pastor. You know, we've, we've got a tremendous church here, but I've known Pastor Chad and his wife for a number of years, Pastor Karen, and they're just tremendous people. Uh, what you see is what you get, and that's not real common these days. They are just devoted, tremendous men and women of God, and I just love them and appreciate it. Can we give them a big hand this morning? I'm coming to you today out of the book of Matthew and the word that the Lord's laid on my heart, I feel, is, is really relevant to the time that we're in and what we're getting ready to go into the new year, 2019. And anybody excited about the new year? I am. I am. You know, I, I did the walkthrough with the pastor this morning, and I was overwhelmed by the building. There is over 2,500 people that can be seated in there for two services. I mean, there, I mean there's just, there's going to be nobody in white sulfur. I mean, they're just, you know, the doors are going to be open. It's if you would, please stand with me. We, we stood last week, so if you'll mix it up this morning. Stand with me. Turn to the book of Matthew chapter 2. The pastor preached last week out of Matthew chapter 1, and a few weeks ago, Lord laid this on my heart. Thank you again, Pastor, for the opportunity to speak. Thank you all for, for coming this morning. Uh, pastor, will be back next week, so please relax. Uh, I appreciate you coming. And, and, and if you guys will amen me and get with me, this will move a lot quicker, Okay. I like my sermons like I like my biscuits with a little bit of shortening in them, okay? So let's, <laughs> let's kind of get this growing. We'll get through it. But I really feel like the Lord has something for us this morning. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea or Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time he, the star had appeared. And he sent them into Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. 
After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Please be seated. Please be seated. Shake your neighbor's hand and say, hey, we're almost through this year. Give somebody a high five. Say you look pretty good for a Sunday morning, whatever you want to say to them. Everybody have a good Christmas. Okay, I, I had a great Christmas. My little boy, my youngest, I've got a, for those of you that don't know me, I'm, I'm Everett Fraley. I'm one of the, the pastors here. Very honored to serve with you folks, and, and I do counseling. I've done a number of different things through the years. I've, I've, I've been a youth pastor. I've been an interim pastor, done different uh, associate pastor. I've uh, been a hospice chaplain, done a lot of different things. But one of the, the coolest things about this time of year is, is, is your kids, you know, getting to watch them. My youngest, we have a 16, 14, 13, and a one-year-old. Yeah, let that sink in for a minute. Our one-year-old had the our one-year-old had the chicken pox this year, so we didn't have a lot of visitors for Christmas. Uh, I don't know. We we invite ourselves. People say that's okay. We'll see you next year. It's it's good. So we had a good Christmas. But I'm one of these people that I kind of celebrate Christmas through to the end of the year. And I'm not speaking specifically about the nativity this morning, but I want to speak about the Magi and what they what they did and what they said and how if we look into this scripture and dig a little deep this morning, we can find five things that these men did that will help us to grow closer to the Lord in 2019. Who wants to grow closer to God in 2019? All right, let's get going this morning. Let's get going. So just a little background on the book. The book of Matthew is the only gospel where we find this story on account of this event. It's an important to understand that the book of Matthew was the first book or first uh, I guess you would say gospel written after the 400-year quiet period. Malachi was the last Old Testament book. Then there's a 400-period year that there's really no, nothing written about it. So this 400-year kind of, kind of dead space in history, still, you know, Old Testament tells us that, you know, we know that Israel was still a country. They were still seeking a Messiah. But in Matthew chapter 1, as, as the pastor spoke last week, tells us the story and the birth of our Lord, and then Matthew chapter 2 tells us this account. Matthew was written about 70 A.D., and it was probably written in the, the town of Antioch. Antioch is important because that's the first place in Acts we find out that they were called Christians. So this gospel comes to us about 70 A.D., very specific story. It doesn't line up identical with the other three gospels. Now, initially you would say, well, Everett, does that not make sense that maybe the gospels aren't all accurate? No. It actually lends validity to the gospel because each Bible, each verse, each book is a little unique to its own. It's as if we all went to a, a, a basketball game tonight and we watched the basketball game. We came home, we'd each see a different thing. We would all have the same identical event, but we'd have a different take on it. So this gives validity to the Bible. So I just want to make that, that clear this morning. Uh, if I could, let me just set the stage a little bit. We've got, you know, the, the, the story starts with the, the wise men, we know they are there. We also know that there's a teenage mother, Mary. We know the son of God, the baby's there. We know that Joseph, poor Joseph, he just doesn't get, he, he doesn't get mentioned a lot, you know, just God bless him. Joseph's in there. And then we have Herod. And I don't want to put a lot into Herod this morning, but Herod was an evil, evil man. Herod was a king. He was a ruler. He was known for building cities. But it was said that it was better to be Herod's pig than his son. 
He killed his family. This guy was so evil, on the day that he died, he knew he was going to die. He had them kill prophets and priests in the streets of Jerusalem because he wanted Jerusalem to mourn because he knew they wouldn't mourn over him. So this was an evil, vile man. And so that's kind of the story that we start with here this morning. And we know that when, when you look at the book of Matthew, it stresses the point that Jesus is the Christ. And we, we, we know that in the book of Matthew we see this, but we read in chapter 1 about the, the stable that we find him in a manger. But when we get into this, it says they found him in a house. All right. Now, I don't want to mess up your manger scene, but, but maybe the, the wise men weren't there that night. Sorry, okay? So what we do at the manger scene in our house is we put the wise man a little further down the, the road, okay? They're on their way. They're coming, all right? So I don't want to mess up your, your, your manger scene this morning, but I want to be accurate because the Scripture says they found Jesus in a house. So that's kind of unique, kind of specific. I, I, how, many, how many wise men were there? I don't know. They brought three gifts, so we always say three, Right? But there could have been two. There could have been 30. We, we don't, the Bible doesn't tell us specifically. As I shared this morning, you know, I had, a, I had a very important role years ago that I want to share with you this morning. It took place at my little church when I was about eight years old. I was the leader of the wise men for the nativity, okay? Again, don't be hating on me this morning, but it was, it was kind of a big deal. I was, you know, I was in charge of that. And so I remember it was one of those years we had, like, tremendous snow, and I had on moon boots. This is in the, in the 80s when moon boots were, and I had my moon boots on, and I had my like bathrobe and a towel around my head. I was, I had that 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 crown you get from Burger King. You wrap it in aluminum. You put on. I mean, it was, it was good stuff. Okay, but I was in charge of the wise men, and I remember we walked out there. We kneeled beside of the nativity, and they sang Silent Night. And we get up and we walk back. And I, I remember, Pastor, I got back there and I was high fiving the wise men. I high fived the second guy, and I went to high five the third guy. He wasn't there. So I kind of, kind of got freaked out. I looked out and I looked, and he had fell asleep at the altar. He was still there worshiping the child of God. So, you know, the, we, we don't know how many there were. We don't know how many there were. We also don't know exactly where they came from. We know they came from the east, probably from Persia, which is modern-day Iran, or Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. We don't know, but it's about 800 to 1,000 miles one way by camel. That would be the equivalent of us getting on a camel and riding to New Orleans. Do I have any takers this morning, huh? Anybody wanna, wanna take off with me and do that? So if you travel 20 miles a day, 800 miles, you're looking at 40 days at least to get to where these men were going. So they had a very long journey, but the Bible doesn't tell us specifically where they came from. The Bible doesn't tell us specifically how many men were there, but we do know that they did some specific things, and that's what I wanna dig into this morning. Hit your neighbor and say, we're almost there. We're getting ready to get on the first point, okay? Okay, so the wise men came to us in this scripture, came to us in this verse, and they showed us some very critical things that I think we need to look at in 2019. First of all, the wise men were directed by scripture. The wise men were directed by scripture. You know, I do counseling at this church. I'm very honored and privileged to do that, and, and anything I can do here to help, I, I'm glad to help you folks and and the Lord has is, is just really blessed some people, uh, and, and I'm just so happy to be a small part of that. But one of the key things that I always get, Pastor Karen, that people always tell me, they'll say, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. I don't know what God wants me to do about this situation. I just don't know what direction to go. Can I tell you that if you live your life in the Scripture and in the Word of God, 
a lot of times those answers will come to you. A lot of times those answers will come to you. And I've been surprised. I will be in the middle of some Old Testament book that I'm trudging through just to read my annual you know, readings in Scripture. And I'm in the middle of Hezekiah, but God so, so. And, and all of a sudden, God will speak to me and give me direction. So the, the Magi, the wise men, were wise for one reason. They allowed the Scripture to direct them. You know, the Bible is one of the best-selling books in the world. If I could throw some numbers at you this morning, 168,000 Bibles were sold or given in the United States every single day. 20 million are sold annually. The YouVersion app, which we download to our mobile devices, has been downloaded over 100 million times. That's the good news, all right? Now, now for the tough love. All right? LifeWay Research found that only 45% of those who attend church regularly read their Bible once a week. We're looking at 2019, right? There's some things we, we might want to look at here. Only about 30% read their Bible for 30 minutes a day. Almost one in five churchgoers say they never read their Bible. Friends, let me tell you something. The men and women that God has placed in my life that have influenced me, the men and women that God has placed in my ministry that have influenced me, they spend time in God's Word. They spend God, time in God's Word. And, and I understand that we've got it on our, our mobile device, and that's great. We can put it in our car. We've got the Bible. It's been on stones. It's been on papyrus. You know where God wants the Word? In your heart. That's the medium that God wants to use. So going into 2019, if we're going to learn from these wise men, we've got to understand that this is a very, very important document, very important book that we need to dig into. They were so deeply steeped in Scripture that they looked at the book of Numbers 24, 17, and it says, A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. That was written 1,400 years before Jesus. 1,400 years that scripture came to be. They were so enamored with that that they decided to follow the star. Micah 5, 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from old, from of old, from ancient times. That was 700 years before. So these men studied the scripture to the point where they realized that there was something definitely, definitely going on here. Now, <clears throat> I shared this this morning, and, and I don't know exactly what went down. I don't know exactly what it looked like. But if you can give me a little liberty this morning, I'm going to kind of just, just roll with me here. Can you imagine going home to your spouse and giving them this story, all right? Hey, honey, uh, do we have a lot on our calendar this month? Because, you know, the, the small group that, that we meet with, uh, we found a star. Yeah. And, uh, and we decided that we're going to all get together and we're going we're to follow this star. What? Oh, no, I don't know where it's going. We don't, that's it. We don't know. We're just going to follow the star and we hope to find the Christ. I'll see you in a few months, Okay. <laughs> I don't know about with your spouse, but that wouldn't go real well with mine. All right? I don't know about your mom or dad, but that wouldn't have went well with mine. So these men were so devoted to Scripture that they actually changed their whole life to follow this. So please, please, in 2019, dig into this Word. Let me just say a, a real quick thing about, about fasting. When you read your Bible, you fast and you pray, your life changes. Okay? Just straight up. It changes. Anytime God has ever really truly spoke to me or moved mountains, it's because I've been praying and fasting and seeking Him. 
And let me tell you, I love to eat more than anybody, if you can't already tell that. And and as as Pastor said this morning, you don't want to go the night before your fast and go through Pizza Hut and McDonald's and Burger King and load up. Don't do that, okay? Pace yourself, get ready, let God speak to you and show you what you want to do. But if you want to hear from God in 2019, fasting, along with Scripture and prayer, will make an amazing difference. Amazing difference. Number two, the wise men sought the Lord. Based on these two prophecies, they jumped on camels and rode over 800 miles to find the king of the Jews. That's pretty amazing. How hard will you seek for Jesus in 2019? How close do you want to be to him? How close do you want to be with the Savior of the world? How close do you want to be with the King of Kings? You see, it's been my experience that anytime I don't hear from God or I don't feel close to God, it's because I've drifted, okay? My wife and I, we have four kids, 16 through, through one, and it, it gets busy, all right? God bless her. I'm going to paint her car yellow and put a taxi cab emblem on the side of it. But a lot of her days is just running kids to practices and to different events. And then I come home from work and, you know, we're just, she works a full-time job. I work a full-time job. Before you know it, the day can get away from you. The week can get away from you. The years got away from you. And you're not any closer to God. I want to seek Jesus in 2019. The pastor said this morning, it's a year of favor and a year of dominion. That's going to be exciting stuff, folks. I'm telling you, I walked through that building over there this morning, and I was was overwhelmed. I mean, we're looking at over 2,500 people in a service, two services in a day. Can you imagine the people that are going to meet Jesus in that building next door to us? I mean, just if that doesn't get you excited, man, I don't know. But they sought the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What are you seeking with all your heart? What are you truly seeking with all of your heart? You know, when you met your spouse, you probably went after her, went after him with all your heart, right? It wouldn't have worked out too well if you'd have said, Listen, I'm going to see you a couple times on Sunday every month for about 25, 30 minutes. And then occasionally when I, need, when I need you for something, I'll call you. And then if I'm ever in trouble, I'm going to need you to be there. Huh? That, that wouldn't work too well. I mean, when you went after your wife or your husband, I mean, I remember going to bed thinking about my wife. I remember getting up thinking about my wife. I mean, I remember just being absolutely enamored with her to the point where all I could see was my life with her. I sought her with my whole heart. That's how Jesus wants you to seek him. He doesn't want to be number one on a list of ten. He wants to be number one on a list of one. So you need to look at what these men did. They left everything behind, left their families behind, went looking, seeking him on a promise In 2019, if you want to find Jesus, seek him with your whole heart. Seek him in a way that you've never sought him before. And I promise you, this will be the most amazing year of your life. Because you know what God does when you look for him? He lets you find him. We couldn't make it to God, so God came to us in a manger. So remember, in 2019, if you want to get close to God, seek him. Seek him like the wise men did. Number three. Only five points, guys. Look, we're doing good. Number three, when they found Jesus, they worshiped him. When they found Jesus, they worshiped him. 
Do you know what a tremendous job it is to come in here and lead worship? Pastor Sam and this worship group that meets every Thursday night and they come in here, can we just give them a round of applause? They work hard for what they do, and it's not easy. They make it look so easy, but when you come in here to worship, it is an amazing opportunity to lift your hands up to God and to worship and praise Him. Do you know you have one final opportunity here this morning, just a minute, when we close the service out to worship Him? So if I could just say anything this morning, worship like you've never worshiped before this morning. Worship in 2019 in a way that bends God's ear and He hears and He realizes that you're leading Him up in, in prayer. Psalms 21:13 says, Be exalted in your strength, Lord. We will sing and praise your might. You see, when I worship, I realize how weak and how feeble I am. But I also realize how mighty and how powerful he is. When I worship, it helps me forget about the situation I'm in because the spiritual realm is changing. And when the spiritual realm changes, the physical realm changes. God desires our worship. Do you know this morning that if the President of the United States or the Queen of England walked into this room, we would all stand to our feet? I wouldn't have to tell you that. But if Jesus Christ physically walked into this room, we'd all hit our knees. <laughs> he deserves our worship. He deserves our worship. I will argue with you today that one of the very reasons we were created was to worship Him. To worship Him. The wise men worshiped. When you praise God, something happens in the supernatural. When you praise God, something changes. Your situation, your problems, your, your issues that you're dealing with, they go away. You know, in, in, in Old Testament times, when they went into battle, they didn't send the biggest guy. <laughs> they sent in the praise team. When they wanted walls to fall down, they didn't send in, you know, bulldozers. They sent in the singers. That's a whole other sermon. That's for free, okay? Just that, that wouldn't even my notes, all right? Number four, number four, the wise man gave gifts to the king. The wise man gave gifts to the king. And this is something that's, that's really, I can't overstate this enough this morning. The wise men brought things to God that were fitting to give to a king. First off, they gave gold. They gave gold. Why is that significant? Well, gold is what you give to a king. Gold is a rare and precious metal. I read somewhere that if you stack all, gold, all the gold bars in the world on top of each other, they'd be about 30 feet high and they would fill up about a football field. Not a lot of gold in the world. That's why it's rare and it's precious. And so they brought gold, which is rare. They also brought frankincense. And frankincense is something that's burned as incense in the temple. The priests burned with incense. So they knew that this child was going to be a king. They also knew this child was going to be a priest. You see, before Jesus came into the world, whenever there was, there was a priest in the community or in the temple, he had to pray and ask for God to forgive you of your sins. But all he could do with the animal's blood that was shed there was cover the sin. But when Jesus came, when Jesus came and he died at Calvary and his blood hit the dusty salty earth there in, in that ancient Golgotha mountain, that blood didn't cover my sin. Uh-uh, no, no, no. It washed away my sin. And so I can stand here in front of you today and say that I have his righteousness, not because I deserve it, but because I received it through his blood. 
So these wise men knew that he was not just a king, he was a priest. But they also gave him myrrh. Myrrh is what you use in an embalming situation. When you, when you were preparing a body for death, you used myrrh. It's a very, very precious, very uh, expensive spice and, and ointment. That signifies that Jesus was going to be a sacrifice. We know in the book of John that he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so these, these magi, these men that had traveled 800, 1,000 miles, they came to the home. They saw this baby. They knelt down. They worshiped, and they presented him with gifts, not just gold because he was a king, not just frankincense because he was a priest, but myrrh because they knew he was going to be sacrificed for you and for me, for our sins. Whew. Well, I have all kinds of stuff I could share with you this morning, but we're running out of time. Gold. Interesting fact about gold. The last impurity that comes out of gold before you get pure gold is silver. Silver. Silver is rare. Silver is valuable. But it's not gold. God doesn't want your second best in 2019. God doesn't want your second best. God wants your best in 2019. Silver's great for some people, <laughs> but our God deserves gold. These gifts were given to symbolize who Jesus was, is, and forever will be. What are you going to give Jesus in 2019? You ever think about that? I'm not talking about just money. money. Money is a great thing. And if you want to give to this church, God will bless you. And our pastor has preached some incredible sermons on giving and tithing. And, and I mean, I can't add any more to that. It's, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. But, you know, God also wants your time. We have an opportunity here at a church this size for you to serve in any capacity really you want to serve in. We're getting ready to start small groups here in a few weeks. Jump into a small group. I mean, I meet people all the time. They go, Everett, where do you go to church? I say, Bethesda. I go, where do you go to church? They say, Bethesda. <laughs> and thank God for that. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. What service do you go to? I go to the 10 o'clock typically. What service do you go to? I go to the 10 o'clock. <laughs> if you want to get to know people, you've got to go a little bit beyond what you did this year. You've got to plug into a small group. You've got to get to know somebody because in that intimate setting, go ahead, just give him give a hand clap of praise. Go ahead. In that intimate setting, you get to know people. I've made some really good friends in this church. If I would have never been in a small group, I would have never known their names. Okay, so that, that's, that's one thing I'll tell you. In 2019, if you want to get close to God, what are you going to give Him? You know, I've never received anything with a closed hand. Nobody could ever give me anything if my hand's cleansed. But if I open up my hand and I give what I have to give, God will reward and bless you for it. We're on our fifth and final point. You guys excited? I'm, I'm trying to hold it in here. I'm, I'm, I want to get... I want to get through this, but man, there's just so much I want to go off on, but I, I just, I, I can't this morning because for the sake of time. But number five, and, and probably one of the most important things here, the wise men listened to God and they changed their direction. Okay. 
If you want to get close to God in 2019, you ready? If you want to get close to God in 2019, if you want to know Him in a more intimate way, if you want a victorious life in 2019, you may have to change your directions. You may have to change the direction you're going. You may have to get rid of some friends. You may have to delete some people off of Facebook. You may have to change some things that you do on a regular basis. You may have to say goodbye to those things that, that really you like. They're not bad, but they're taking up time between you and God. The wise men were smart enough to know that if they went back towards Herod and they told Herod about Jesus, Herod would have harmed or killed the child. When God has a promise, I didn't know. When God has a promise, there's nothing that can stop it. If God's put a promise in you, if God's put a desire in you, there's nothing anybody can do to stop it. Did you hear me this morning? Some people are getting that, some people aren't. I don't care what kind of heritage you have in your life. God is not going to let him stop what he's placed in your heart. There is nothing that is going to stop what God has put in you and you're here for a purpose and a reason. I shared this with a group this morning and, and I'll share it with you folks. I have a, a personal conviction when I'm with somebody for longer than five minutes, I witness to them. I start sharing the gospel. It's not always been good. <laughs> Sometimes it hasn't ended real good. I had a guy that almost knocked my lights out and sent me to heaven a little sooner one time up there at... Uh, at a restaurant in Beckley one time, I shared the gospel with him. He didn't like it, but I did anyway. But if you're around me for five minutes in a doctor's office or in a situation, and I, I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I'll say, hey, where, where do you go to church? Well, I don't go to church. Hmm. Are you religious? Uh, kind of. Well, what religion do you have? And before I know it, I can share the gospel with them. Sometimes the direction you change, God is using you to reach out to somebody. The direction that you go, you may think it's subtle and it's not a big deal, but if you listen to the, the Holy Spirit and He guides you, God will use you in a magnificent way to reach someone that maybe you're the only person that they can reach or can reach them. You know, we, we have tremendous men and women of God that speak here in this pulpit. I'm very honored to be here this morning. Our pastor is a prince of preachers, and his wife's a, a fantastic preacher, and they, they do a, a phenomenal job. And we have wonderful programs here and, and, and small groups, and I could just go on and on about this church. But there are people that you work with that have never been to this church. There are people you go to school with that have never been to a church. And you're the only Jesus they're going to see. You're the only Christian that they may know. So when you change that direction just a little bit, God can use you in a magnificent and powerful way. Whew. I don't know about you, but in 2019, I want to get closer to God than I have ever been. I'm close to God now, but it's nowhere compared to where I'm going to be this time next year. I want to be more close to know what he wants me to do, what he wants me to, to say, where he wants me to go. And I, I've used this example before, and forgive me if I've used it before with you folks, but I've got four kids. I mentioned that a couple times already, I know. But I've got four children, and I love them all. But when my little girl or my little boy sits on my lap and puts his arm around my neck and says, Dad, I love you, man, that makes all the difference in the world. I can share with him or her what is on my heart. I can share with him or her what I want them to do. My other kids, I still love them. 
But they're out in the yard, you know, throwing sticks at each other or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. But if you have a close and intimate relationship with Jesus, he can share with you what he wants you to do and what's on his heart can become what's on your heart. Anybody believe that today? Can we just give him praise? Can I ask a worship team to come out and, as we get ready to close down this morning? You guys did good. We got through this, all right? You did real good. I don't know your situations, and I don't know everybody here this morning. I know many of you, but I don't know all of you. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord, or I don't even know if you have a walk with the Lord. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, then thank you for coming. It's an honor and a privilege for you guys to be here. And I'm, I'm just excited that you came to our church. We're getting ready to close out 2018. And for some of you, it may have been a hard year. For some of you, it may have been a great year. For some of you, it may have been a year that just sort of happened. My desire for this church and for this congregation here this morning is for 2019 to be a year that changes your world. For it to be a year that your life is not the same, even as a believer. I would like to see 2019 be a year that you look back on and go, oh my gosh, praise the Lord. I saw so many miraculous things, I can't even contain them. We're gonna be praying for freedom. We're gonna be praying for healing. We're gonna see some miraculous things happen. But you know where it starts? It starts with you. If we all can gather together and pray and fast and seek the God that we love and worship here on Sundays as a corporate body, there is nothing that could stop this church and your destiny. Do you believe that this morning? Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you please bow your head with me this morning? If you could, please, nobody looking around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Everett, you know, I, I need some direction from God. I need to dig into the Word this year. I need to, to get closer and get intimate with Him. I need to, to follow what these wise men did. I need to make 2019 a year that I use these five principles in my life and I, I grow closer to Him. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've wanted to get close to Him or you wanted to ask Him into your life, but maybe you've never had the opportunity. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, could you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have volunteers that will come forward in just a moment. They're going to come up here and pray with you if you have any special needs, but i just like to pray over those people, the first group that I spoke to, if I could just now. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the, the men and women, the boys and girls that are in this house today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share the story out of the Gospel of Matthew with this beautiful group on this last Sunday of 2018. God, I know there are men and women, boys and girls in this building, God, that don't 
know what to do with their lives. They don't know what direction to take. They don't know where to go. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Father, your Holy Spirit will direct their paths. That God, 2019 will be a year, Lord, not of guessing and stepping in wrong directions, but God, they'll be able to head down the path that we just spoke of in the book of Psalms that is lit and is, is directed by your Holy Spirit. Guide this congregation this morning, Lord, and help them to have a deeper, more meaningful, more intimate relationship with you, their Savior. I ask these things in Jesus' name. And Lord, if there's someone here this morning that does not know you, if there's someone here this morning, God, that doesn't understand that this little baby that came so long ago, Lord, he just didn't come and, and, and cry in a manger, but Lord, he died on a cross. You see, Lord, it's not just about a manger, it's about a Savior. <laughs> not, Lord, just about a tree, but it's about a cross. This holiday that we celebrate, Lord, is in honor of your Son coming here to die. And Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't understand that or doesn't know that, God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they will pray this prayer with sincerity and with earnest. Church, would you pray with me this morning? Just pray, Father, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my heart. You are now my Savior. And I will follow you. I will serve you all the days of my life. Lead me in all that I do and lead me in all that I say. For you are my King and I thank you for your sacrifice at Calvary. Amen, amen. Can we worship one final time this morning? Let's just worship Him together corporately. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.